All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleepa, and on today's episode, we have longtime friend, total badass, Miranda Alcrez. Now, Miranda and I have known each other for a really long time. We trained together, we've competed together, and it's been really inspiring for me to watch the business side of her, the entrepreneurial side of her, just crush it with her husband to start, create, and innovate street parking, which is a online community of like-minded people who get after it traditionally in their garages. And today we dive into a variety of different topics, including what it's like to have that work-life balance, what it's been like to grow street parking lessons learned along that journey. But it's also March and it's International Women's Month and I couldn't think of a better person to kick us off for this month than Miranda. I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. If you're a gym owner, if you're a coach out there and you haven't checked out the collective, make sure to check out the NC Fit Collective for the world's best session plans and programming with a bunch of fun things to come. Now, let's dive into an incredible episode with Miranda Alcariz. Let's go. So Miranda, you and I, we've been chatting for a little bit. We've known each other forever. And um, one of the things that you and I are talking about, because as owners, as coaches, as business, as CEO, um, there's a lot of responsibilities that come up. And I think that one of the things that's made you unique, one of, is that you started street parking, which is this you know robust online community that has done extremely well. And I remember, uh, actually, we had you on the show like three years ago, was it? Do you remember? It was at regionals, I think, in 2017. Someone, 27, whenever you had, like, it was very, street park, 2018. And um, I remember we were talking about it and with Julian and to watch the the success of street parking has been really remarkable for me to see. Um, and I want to talk about that. But I also want to talk about this idea that you have had two children and started a business, got married all in the last couple of years, right? And so- what types of things have you learned along that journey about balancing and, and the priorities and the stress and the kind of like the, the conflicts you might've had because you, you did all those things at, and a lot of people have different priorities and so do you. So I want to dive into having kids and being the CEO. Yeah. So, I mean, is that, you want me to start talking about it? Let's or do it. You- Let's roll. <laughs> the, I would say the one positive that I have going for me where I've, feel like I have some semblance of balance, which nobody has balance. Let's be honest. Like it's everybody's got their lives are difficult, whatever they're doing. But because this happened, this all happened later in my life. So I'll be 39 in August. I think if all of this had happened when I was in my twenties, it would be a much bigger mess um, for sure. Because I, yeah, uh, why? well, I mean, when you, you and I met in 2008 and then for, however many years, eight years, nine years, we, our whole life, my whole life was traveling around the world with CrossFit and training for the CrossFit games. And we hung out at the gym all the time when I wasn't traveling and, you know, got all the sleep that I needed. And then on the weekends I was gone working. And so if I would have tried to have kids or grow a business like you were doing, Back then, I don't think that I would have done nearly as well. And I think the problems that I have would be even much bigger than I have now. Um, But because a lot of those chapters in my life, I was already, they were already closed anyway for me. Um, 
I like, I, people ask me, they're like, oh, you should come back and compete as a master. And I'm like, no way. First of all, yeah. I'm close to fit enough. Right. Second, like I have no desire to train that much. I have no desire to do that. So, um, but I did learn a lot during that time. Um, a lot of people know that I was married before and, um, didn't put nearly the amount of energy into that relationship that was needed to sustain it. And everything happens for a reason. Obviously I'm in such a good place now, but I was completely focused on my career and fitness and that's it. And that's all I did. Um, and so I'm glad that I learned all those lessons before this happened, because I do think it gave me a much bigger perspective now. And I'm much better at finding balance now because of all of that stuff before. Do you think that back when you were, you know, your previous marriage, when you and I were training all the time, I mean, uh, I'm uniquely familiar with what you're talking about because I was living it with you. Right. And yeah. I saw your dedication to training, to traveling. Um, do you think if someone had sat you down and tried to like provide this perspective a couple of years ago, that it would have been in one ear out the other, what do you think you could have done at that time? If you were too overly committed to something and you were missing kind of the bigger picture or were you just, cause we were all wrapped up and deep in it. I mean, do you think it just was yeah, I mean, what it was like, and it took time? I mean, it, I mean, it's kind of like you had that like, oh shit, what's going on? What am I doing moment with Ava's cancer, right? Like it took something that big for um, you to have a little, I mean, it's not obviously you were a great dad and you were doing a great job with the business and stuff, but that shifted your mindset a lot when it comes to a lot of that stuff. Um, and I think mine was the, my injury in the middle of getting divorced where I was like, what am I doing? Like I... Um, I had this like shitty relationship with CrossFit because we were all mad about the CrossFit games and like I just tore my knee so now we're not even gonna win and like my marriage is like ending like I was like I have nothing I'm I'm almost 35 years old and like everything's falling apart because I've been so hyper focused on this one thing and then obviously it just catapulted you into where you are today and I think it's it's really interesting when you talk about life and how experiences if you could learn from them I mean I remember when you got injured at the CrossFit games that was a very challenging time for us all and from there if you look at the different group that we were on the team with you know there's a lot of growth that occurred through that experience and it's so funny because at the moment you feel like this is the worst thing that's ever happened to you right <laughs> yeah. probably more to you than because I didn't get injured at the time but but <laughs> but then all of a sudden you look back and you're like hey that kind of led me to where I'm at now and so you you know you met Julian you guys started street parking you guys had two children along the, the way. You've grown a team of amazing people from, you know, just you and Julian to now, you know, upwards of what, 50 people that are on the street parking team. And I think that's super cool. You know, you're providing for them, you're providing for their families. And, but as a CEO and as a mom and as a wife, <laughs> I imagine that, that, that journey has not been easy. So what types of things have you incorporated to kind of help you as, as all those things, you know? Yeah. So, um, the challenges are there for sure. So I, like, I think all of us, especially cause I've been around people like you, um, and just some other people that I consider to be really great business people and people that are driven and like really hard workers, like I am. Um, a lot of times when I think of myself as CEO, I mean, right now I'm like, haven't changed out of my pajamas and I'm in this like home office and my dog was missing for 30 minutes this morning. And like, right before this call, I was like putting dishes in the dishwasher. Like, that's not what 
I envision as a CEO of a company, I envision I should be in the office at 7 a.m. and not leave until 7 p.m. Um, that's not how Julian and I want to run our house or our family. I think um, I'm lucky because we're both in the business. And so we're kind of like co-CEOs, I guess. I don't really know what anyone's title is, to be honest, but we pick up for each other where, you know, when we need to. Um, but it's tough because you have this picture in your mind of what a CEO should be in this like strong female CEO. I should be in like, I don't know, some sort of like cool outfit and like, yeah, like, a, <laughs> like a, like a, like a suit, like one of those, like, a... <laughs> yeah, at least something fashionable instead of sweats. But, um, and I could do that, but I, because of the perspective that I've gained, that I gained what we were just talking about, I won't miss my kid's childhood for the business to grow faster. I won't, um, I won't let my marriage be damaged because we're not spending any time together at all, which is already hard enough when you have two little kids. Of course. Um, so it's like this challenge of, I have to challenge what my belief that a CEO needs to look like or how they need to be or what their hours need to be or whatever. I would say that's one of the bigger challenges that I face for sure. Yeah. There's almost like an expectation. I think uh, the internet doesn't really help, right? Because you have like this expectation that to be a CEO, you have to look a certain way or act a certain way or grind it out a certain way. And then to be a mom, you have to be a certain way. And to be a wife, you have to be a certain way. Yeah. And um, ultimately it's whatever works for that family and every family is different. But I think kind of being open to it, like Ash and I, we have those conversations all the time because you know, for us, our relationship is so important because if we start to break down, then what does that do for the kids? And then what does that do for the business? And all everything else kind of starts to, you know, and just kind of having that, uh, that realization, I think is super important for you guys, especially as your business has grown, you know, you guys have catapulted and, you know, as the business has grown, you've taken on more employees. Do you guys like regularly sit down with Julian and say, Hey, you know, how are we doing balancing these different things? Cause they're all kind of skyrocketing at the same time, right? You go from zero kids to two, that's quite a few, right? You go from zero members of street parking to tens of thousands, right? right. And it, it, it all happens relatively quickly. So how are you guys kind of staying balanced through that? Like, do you guys set up like weekly talks or what? We have, um, yeah, so we have a few like dates where if, if we end up talking about work, it's okay. Um, if somebody says like, I really don't want to talk about this, then obviously we won't talk about it. But um, we do a, like a breakfast once a week where we talk about a lot of that stuff. And then, I mean, we're around each other all the time. So we end up talking about it as well. Um, I think for us, because he's a CrossFit Games athlete too. So it's tough because you've got two people where it's like, we're very driven by success and we're very driven by like, not, um, he's more driven by competition than I am. I, I have more of this, like, I want to prove that I can do it. I don't care what anyone else is doing. Like, I want to prove that I can do this. Maybe it's a female thing. I don't know. Um, but it's easy for, I mean, you know, better than anyone, it's easy to get so, um, into the process and be like, how much more can I do? How much more can I do? And Julian and I, we remind each other all the time. And we actually remind our staff all the time too. Like, Hey guys, we don't need to have a million followers. Like we actually love having 30,000 followers. And we said the same thing at five or members and 5,000 members and 10,000, like we're fine. Like we don't, we're not trying to like <laughs> buy yachts and helicopters or anything like that. Like we're very simple. Of course, like uh, we've been able to do some things like we paid off our house and things like that, but like, we're not trying to like build an empire. We're not trying to be the next Amazon or anything like we're fine. Like let it's okay for this to grow organically. Let's just do a really good job and help these people. 
And sometimes, I mean, Julian's had to remind me that more than I've had to remind him, I think, um, of like, hey, we don't need to do this extra side project. Yeah, I could bring in more people or yeah, I could do this or that. But if it's just going to add more stress and take away from our family, like it's not worth it. And it's fine. We can grow slower. It's fine. You know, so. You know, it's funny how like with age and experience comes the ability to say no better. I wish that I had learned to say no earlier more yeah. often. And because we've, as a business, we've had, some people would call them distractions, right? We've gone off into different avenues and you guys just seem very focused on what you guys want to do. And I think it's really cool. And I think it probably comes from your business background, owning a gym and then kind of pivoting and all your experiences, whether with us or, or anywhere else you went, traveled around, but you guys have done a great job kind of being really, really focused on what you're doing. And I'm, I'm curious because you look at other quote influencers that have large social following and that could be hundreds of thousands, if not millions of followers who also have online programs. Cause at this point, all, almost everybody has an online program, <laughs> but your program has seemed to, to really surpass many, if not anybody else's coming out of the kind of CrossFit space, even though they might have more of a social following. So I'm curious whether it's a coach listening or a gym owner listening, why do you think your program, and I'll say, I think you've been very consistent with your messaging, very, you know, whatever, but why do you think you guys have seen such dramatic success in terms of actually people buying into your programs versus other people with larger social followings? I think um, a lot of the people with larger social followings, uh, their followers are more fans than they are like uh, people who are actually interested in what this person has to say. So whether that's Matt Frazier, because he's just, incredible and so people are fans like he's like the rock to them basically or whether it's you know some female influencer who has a ton of followers because she's in lingerie or half naked in a lot of her posts like and hey I like I'm not knocking it it's not my thing but those people are not going to become members of your program most likely they're just there to see the the you know the shots and then uh, they don't really look at you as a coach. I think I had a huge um, advantage because Julian's like peeking through the window. <laughs> I think I had a huge advantage because people saw me as a coach because I was well known for that. When even when I was competing, people knew that I was on the seminar staff and I was a coach and things like that. So it wasn't. I was never just the athlete to most people. I think that followed me. So I mean, I've lost like fifty thousand followers since I started having kids. <laughs> And, and, but you lost 50,000 followers, but you gained a huge community out of it. And I think, you know, look, you, you were DJing or not DJing, excuse me. You were um, commentating. You've done a bunch of different coaching projects. What's up, Julian, if he's in there. Yeah. He's saying hi. What's up, brother. Good to see you. Good to see you. Are you doing good? Yeah, man. We're just talking to Miranda on the business of fitness podcast about your guys's balancing and all the different things you guys have been doing and the incredible success you guys have had. So keep doing your thing. I appreciate that. I'll let you guys get back to it. All right. See ya. Take this guy with you. Sorry. He's got to take the dog. Okay. All good. So, so Miranda, you know, I think you're totally right. You, you definitely have always presented yourself as a subject material expert. And so I think that has helped your position, but as an advice for a coach or an owner out there, let's just talk about brick and mortar. You yeah. brought up an idea about, you know, uh, kind of using your members and having them share stories, but how about for a coach as well? What could they do online to place themselves in a better position to actually attain people to pay them for some type of knowledge, because being a follower, there is no financial incentive. There's no financial right. back and forth. 
So I think one of the main things that coaches need to be aware of is, is don't chase, uh, likes on photos or like, um, showcasing how fit you are, I think only goes so far as a coach. They want to know how you can, you can help them. So one of the reasons that we started street parking actually is because, um, Julian and I both noticed that sure. When we posted like muscle up videos and like cool stuff like that, like CrossFit gamesy stuff, we got a lot of people liking the, liking those videos or photos. But when I would post something from a hotel gym or when Julian would post that he was working out at home with his cousin and showing how he modified the workout for his cousin, the engagement was higher. And now people are saying like, tagging each other, like, yo, bro, like you could do this, or we could do this at my house, or we could do this together. Or thank you so much. Like all I have are dumbbells. And that's honestly where the idea started formulating. So giving value to people in your posts, not just entertaining them. Um, I don't know if you remember this, but when we worked for CrossFit, the, uh, they used to tell us that our job was to inspire, educate, and entertain. Um, we talk in street parking that our job is to inspire, educate, and engage with people. Like we're not here to entertain you or, I mean, we do some funny stuff sometimes, but we're, we're here to engage with you and be a part of your the, a conversation, not just show off. Yep. Yep. And so I think that's a super, super valuable like component, right? Cause you're coming off as educating and sharing some type of knowledge that people will then invest into. Right. And, and so you brought up a few ideas earlier and I think as an owner, um, you do a really good job of highlighting your, your street parking members and then using them ultimately as beacons of what you're doing. How could a gym owner then incorporate that type of, of mindset? Uh, obviously the education side, I think is critical, like you said, but then also how do you highlight your members that they could then go share that? And then it almost peer validates what you're doing. Yeah. So, you know, what we were talking about is like, you're going to take a restaurant recommendation from somebody, from a friend and be more likely to go visit a restaurant because your friend said it was good. Much, you're much more likely to do that than if you just came across this restaurant's like Instagram account on your own. Um, because of course, like their food looks good in their own marketing, but if somebody's telling you it's good, right? So how can you do that at your gym? Well, you can post your members like, and not just like glossy, like Photoshopped like pictures, but like post their PRs, post them doing it. Obviously I'm not a fan of like the person who's the main coach in the class also filming <laughs> at the same time. So figure out how you're going to do that. Like you have to have the coach be coaching or whatever. Um, and then like we do at the beginning, we used to do this a lot more, but we would do like giveaways and stuff like, Hey, um, I'll give an example of what we did and then how they could do it is we'd be like, Hey, post you yourself doing the workout, use hashtag street parking. We're going to pick somebody who posts in the next three days and so their friends and family are seeing them doing it on their page. You know, maybe they only have 30 followers, but those 30 people trust them. And they're engaged. Yeah. Yeah, completely. And they're like, oh, I saw my sister doing this workout or I saw my cousin or whatever. Um, you could do that at your gym. It's like, hey, uh, set up like a selfie station or something. I don't know. Or like encourage people to take pictures or share pictures that they can share on their own stuff. So maybe you have a photographer come in for a couple of days and then you share those pictures with the community. You say, all right, share some of the photos from the workouts the other day, use this hashtag. We're going to do a giveaway for a free month or something. Um, get them posting for you because people trust them more than they trust your marketing, no matter how good it is. I'm nodding my head. You can see me, <laughs> you can see me on the screen, but if you're just listening to me, I'm nodding my head because I think it's great. I mean, with COVID, it's been a little weird, but I totally hear what you're saying. I think it's an awesome, awesome concept. So your team 
you know, your team went from zero employees to 50 contractors, W2, whatnot. Along that journey from a leadership perspective, right? How's that challenge been, right? How's it been leading a team and then that team? Yeah, how's that been? I'll say right here now, I'm not good at managing people. I do not. Me me too. I'm not, I don't like giving feedback. I'll do it. Even when I was a flow master, like I don't like hurting people's feelings. I like, so I'll do it for sure. And once I get to a certain point, if something's bothering me, like I'll come, I'll, you know, I just black out and I like tell people how I feel or whatever. But for the most part, um, Julian's much better at managing and meeting with people. And if, Hey, what's going on? Like, it seems like there's something off here and, and he deals with that stuff much better. He's much better at giving feedback. So he takes on that role more than I do. My main role is to make sure everybody always knows and remembers our message and remembers our vision. And when you're hiring, we try to hire within the community. So people who are already bought in, they already know what our message is. They know the difference between street parking and CrossFit. So we don't have to try to like explain some of the like nuances with that. Um, And honestly, like it's just reminding of the message and the vision and, you know, like guiding the ship of where we're going to go and what we're going to do next. Um, I'm not the best at managing people, but I do, I do um, try to spend as much time letting them know that I care and getting to know them. Um, so there's that relationship there for sure. Yeah. I, I think you hit the nail on the head with something like I learned a long time ago, that I was a terrible manager and I wish I had learned that earlier, you know, because I never set the expectation. I never wanted to have those conversations. Like you're saying, right. You just kind of keep doing your thing and having Julian there must be a great relief because he could take some of that weight off you to provide that feedback because employees do need feedback. They really yeah. do. And if you suck at giving feedback, you should probably find someone on your team that can. Yeah. Because it's needed, you know? Yeah. I, I agree. So what's next for street parking? You guys, look, I know you and Mara, uh, Molly, uh, I'm so, so stoked for you guys and what you guys are doing. And obviously, Julian, uh, what's next? What do you guys have on your agenda? Are you guys didn't do another meetup? Are you going to be able to do that? Uh, or? I don't think we'll have any meetups this year. Um for multiple reasons. Uh, one, it's just to plan it is, and with things changing all the time is next to impossible. And then, you know, we have a, a huge community and some people have very strong opinions about what, what should be happening everything, on everything. both sides, yeah. right? Yeah. So we, we want to try to keep people from being like, hey, we're for everybody. We're not going to push any sort of like our beliefs on what we think should be going on. Or And our staff doesn't all believe the same thing, to be honest. So it's, it's just, it's probably not going to happen in 2021. No meetups, I would assume this year, um, hopefully next year, but we're, we're working on some things. We're working on providing like you are resources for people um, in Spanish. We've been working on that for a while. I think we talked about that even in 2018 that we wanted to do that. Which I um, think is great. Yeah. Cause that community needs it. And especially for street parking where our price point is so low. Uh, we think we can help a lot of people with giving them not everything will be in Spanish, but enough resources where they can have access to the workouts at least um, at some point. And um, just trying to continue to not, you know, to encourage people not to buy shit they don't need and do programs and cleanses and all that stuff, like refining our message and refining our brand through that. You know, it's funny. I was talking to someone the other day and I was, um, we do some philanthropic work with the um, police department a lot. And I was just explaining to them, like, it's not that, it, it, fitness is not very complicated. You see, you know, remain consistent, train movements that provide a big bang for their buck 
and do it at your best effort. That's it. And, yeah. but, but it, I, I think where it gets lost and you say it best, like um, something's better than nothing or um, what's your, how, more than nothing, more than nothing. And it's just, it's totally true, dude. Just go do something more than nothing. Uh, I, I think that's a great tagline for you guys because not tagline, but a, a great philosophy because if you're doing something at least, and then it kind of snowballs, you know, you have a yeah. new client who just goes for a walk and then all of a sudden that walk turns into a run and that run turns into a dumbbell and then boom, they're crushing it. Yeah. I love it. Well, Hey, if people want more information about street parking, about Miranda, about Julian, about the entire crew, where should they go and how do they get, you know, in touch? Yeah. So obviously uh, streetparking.com is our website. We have a ton of stuff on our YouTube channel um, that we're adding stuff to all the time at street parking is our Instagram page. And then I'm at fearless Miranda. Um, I pretty much only post about either my kids or the business. So. Yep. All good. Um, all right. Well, Hey, Miranda, we'll be in touch soon. And thanks again for coming on. Thanks Jay.